I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Okay. So, now that the technology is working, I'm just going to restart this whole jam because we've only been 15 minutes in. We might as well go all over again. Welcome, folks, to this week's edition of Saturday Morning Scrambles. Hopefully this one will stick, but we are going to talk about free agency, and it's going to be fun. Um, And because we don't actually know any facts, we're going to get to speculate a whole bunch, and hopefully... It will be good. Um, Okay. So I, if you were listening to us before, um, I apologize. I'm going to start all over again because uh, the other one died. And um, yeah, but anyway, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I hope you guys are ready to go. Um, Hopefully you have coffee. Hopefully Facebook doesn't just stop recording this time. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Okay. So I'm going to start again with your questions. The first one was from Joe from Erie, and it had to do with Morgan Frost. Um, He points out that Morgan Frost has put on a lot of weight. He's essentially the same size as Claude Giroux now, and we're wondering if that means that he might have an actual shot to make the team. I think yes. However, I don't know for sure, because we all know that Ron Hextall is super, super anti-stocking his team with rookies. But, ha- but Ron Hexall's always been super anti-stacking his team with rookies. And one of the things that he said during the offseason, he said several times actually, when asked about Morgan Frost, is that his primary concern with Morgan Frost is the fact that he was kind of a skinny boy. He didn't have a lot of size on him, and if he was going to make the NHL, he was going to have to get bigger. Um, I don't think Ron Hextall or anyone really saw this kid putting on like 25 pounds since the season ended, which is like, you know, a lot of gains for like a couple of months. Um, So at this point, he's got NHL size. And if we think back to when Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov were in development camp, um, Ron Hextall was pretty much like, now both these kids aren't going to make the team. Um, Provorov probably will, but Travis Konechny's probably not because I'm not going to have both of these rookies starting at the same time. But Travis Konechny came into camp that September and made it impossible for Ron Hextall to send him back to juniors. And given now that Morgan Frost has the size that Ron Hextall wanted him to have, um, there's a very good chance that he comes into camp and he also makes it impossible for Ron Hextall to send him back to juniors, which would be pretty cool. Um, if that happened, because I am really excited to watch Morgan Frost play hockey. He's been, like, lighting it up in juniors. So to have him here would would make next season instantly a lot more fun than it would be otherwise. So if he continues to improve, he comes into camp and lights it up, maybe Ron can't send him back, and, and that'll be cool for all of us. Okay. We've got Chris Embronio asking... Which prospects do you see making the jump? 
Who gets the Sandheim treatment this season from Hackstall? I personally think that Travis Sandheim is going to get the Travis Sandheim treatment from Hackstall this season. Um, Charlie is pretty convinced that Ron is going to sign a veteran defenseman, I guess, to replace Brandon Manning's super important veteran presence on the blue line. Um, I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. But if he does sign a defenseman, uh, it's very likely that Travis Sanheim continues to get the Travis Sanheim treatment. And that, for me, is going to be a huge problem. Um, But that is something that we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, A a lot of that's going to depend on what happens here once free agency opens up tomorrow. Um, But yeah, if anyone's going to get the Travis Sanheim treatment, it's going to be Travis Sanheim, which kind of sucks for all of us. Okay. Paul Kohler asks, let's say hypothetically every single decent UFA option at 3C decides to sign elsewhere and Hextall can't find a good hockey trade partner to acquire one. What does the bottom six forward group look like? So if you guys pay any attention to kind of the Flyers online community zeitgeist, as it were, there's been a lot of complaining since the draft that Ron hasn't done anything, that the Flyers aren't in on anybody, they're not in on Tavares, which is, of course, no fault of ours. Tavares just doesn't want to play here. Um, There was a lot of, you know, frustration that Ron wasn't in on Dougie Hamilton, which, you know, wasn't going to happen either. Um, But I've been saying for a while now that I would very much rather Ron do nothing and promote from within than just go out and sign some garbage center just because he's available and there and plug him into the lineup because like one of the thing that I things that I think people lose at during free agency is that like the just the nature of free agency you're overpaying for these guys, right? So every single one of them once they hit free agency wants to get paid for past performance. They want to have term um, they want to be locked up for as long as they can. They obviously want to get as much money as they can. So so the very nature of signing an unrestricted free agent means that you're overpaying very likely for a player. That said, you can get some, you can get some value. Like if we went out and signed Tyler Bozak for four years, like four and a half million, I'm cool with that. He'd be a very good 3C. But if we do nothing... And we start the season with Scott Lawton as our 3C. Like, that's an improvement, gang. That's a better roster than we had last season. Um, Because it's important to remember that part of the Ron doing nothing includes Ron not re-signing Val Philpola. um, Because he's really, really bad. And I think that something that's getting lost is that... So, it's not like we were starting from a baseline of, like, we had a, a... an okay NHL 3C, let's get a better one and make the team better. We were starting at a point of our third-line center actively hurts the team during games. So even if we got to, eh, he's an okay 3C, we've got an improved roster. And I think that, 
Like, yeah, would it have been fun to get John Tavares and have Nolan Patrick as our 3C because we've got Cooter on two and and John Tavares on one? Yeah, that would have been super fun. But you can improve the roster incrementally in a whole bunch of places and end up with a much better team than we had last year. And if Valtteri Filppula is gone and someone like Scott Lawton is our third-line center and maybe, you know, Misha Vorobiev is our, four, our 4C, that's an improved roster. Like, we should be happy about an improved roster, even if it's not a huge lightning bolt of an improvement. Improvement is improvement, and, and we've got to be happy with that. And so for me, if he does nothing, and that's the roster that we end up with, I'm super happy with it because we're going to be better than we were last year. Okay. Next question is from Steve Backcardi. I guess that's how you say it. Um, so he says, it isn't just Rubstov's offensive game that hasn't improved. His English hasn't improved either. Either this guy's not committed to becoming a pro or the lack of English is a product of playing for a small town in the queue. Idea. Russians with limited English should avoid Quebec leagues. Well, I mean, that's silly. First of all, everyone in Quebec speaks English. Um, the cats joined the broadcast, which is cool. Um, I don't really know right now what to make of German Rubstoff, who I will heretofore refer to as the germ. Um, I think we wanted more from him. I I was kind of expecting at juniors that we that he would be head and shoulders above the rest of the kids because he'd been there before. You know, he's old for juniors. Um, But he wasn't. And that, I think, is a little bit problematic. Um, But then again, maybe our expectations were too high for him and he's just going to top out at a, you know, relatively effective bottom six forward, which is fine. Um, But I wouldn't... I wouldn't make a lot of the fact that his English hasn't gotten any better. I mean, like, whatever. Have you ever tried to learn another language as an adult? It's, like, really hard. So, I mean, coming from Russian, it's like a whole different alphabet. Super hard. Like, give him a break. He's trying to play hockey. Not play school. (laughs) That's funny. Do you guys remember that? I forget who said it. I'm trying to play hockey. I'm not trying to play school. Anyway. Moving on. Okay. Mid-Major Matt on Twitter.com asks, For those of us who are not deep into the free agent pool, what name should I want to hear us either sign or be rumored to sign, and who should I hate other than Valtteri Fulpola? Well, we don't need to hate Valtteri Fulpola. I'm sure he's a nice boy, but he's just bad at hockey, um, and we want him to go away from us. So there's that. Um, Right. So I pointed out on the earlier broadcast that I've printed out all of the free agents from capfriendly.com because I'm a giant nerd and I thought that it would be helpful. Um, Yeah, so there's, like I said, there's like a ton. You're going to overpay for anybody that you sign. Um, Who on this list would I not hate? 
my absolute dream that I know is not going to happen, but I'm going to keep hoping that it happens anyway, is that we sign Jumbo Joe Thornton to a one-year contract to play our 3C. Like, I don't know, one year, eight million. We got the room. That would be super fun, in my opinion. It's definitely not going to happen, but I'd be super into it if it did. Um, yeah. Paul Stastny would be fine, but again, you're going to have to give him term. I don't... See, that's the thing. Like, there's so many good kids waiting in the wings that I want to be playing right now that I don't want to give Dave Haxtall any options for holding them back. And if we sign a center for three or four years, like, that's going to... That's taking Morgan Frost's spot at center. And sure, you can play Frost at wing for a little while, but, like, he's a center, and he's super good. I want him at center. Anyway, yeah, back to the list. So JVR. Um, we actually had an article on the site uh, yesterday, today, making a case for signing JVR. Um, I am in the very, very tiny minority of not liking James Van Riemsdyk. I never liked him. I didn't like him when he was here. I was like, like I don't want anything to do with Pat Kane, but I always found it super annoying that we were an absolutely shithole of a team that year, and we ended up with the number two overall pick instead of number one. That bothered me. Um, yeah, so I was never mad about trading JVR away. If you could sign JVR for, like, I don't know, three years not a ton of money I'd be alright with it it wouldn't hurt the team it'd be cool whatever but if we don't sign JVR I'm not going to be upset about it who else is on this list I don't know if you guys subscribe to The Athletic if you don't you should Um, Charlie put together a pretty extensive guide of the free agents that he wouldn't be upset with I think he had something like 20 or 21 of them um, on his list one of them that he seems, I think, fairly convinced that the Flyers could be in on is Cole DeHaan, which gets us back to the whole signing of veteran defensemen for reasons. Um, I mean, obviously, did I say Cole DeHaan? I meant Calvin. Sorry. Um, I mean, he's not bad, but I just, I, I don't see any reason for us to sign a defenseman. Like, unless we're trading one of them. But I don't know who we'd be trading. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason to sign a defenseman, so I don't really want to. Um, but that's one that keeps coming up as a as a maybe. Uh, who else is on this list? Oh, you know who we should talk about? Because it's been coming up a lot. James Neal. Um, James Neal is the name that's been kicking around. Uh, I don't want him. Do you guys, would you guys want James Neal out of curiosity? Uh, That's an article that came out today, making a case for the Flyers signing James Neal. I don't want anything to do with him because, um, much like Tom Wilson, he is a a human garbage can. I don't want a player on my team that, you know, with regularity tries to take out dudes' knees. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't want it. Like for I know he's I know he's very good at hockey. He's a very skilled player. But I don't like him. So I do not want James Neal on this team. 
Uh, I don't care how cheap or for how little term. I don't want him. But I think a lot of people might disagree with me. Um, I don't know if you do. Go ahead and tell me so I can talk about it later. But, yeah, I don't want him. Uh, the other name that gets kicked around a lot is Michael Grabner. Mm. Again, if you could get one of these guys for, like, three years max, I'd be fine with that. But I, you know what worries me? What worries me is that Dave Haxtell gave Dale Weiss the fourth year. The reason that we ended up with Dale Weiss uh, is because no one else would give him a fourth year, and we did. Um and that worries me. I don't, I don't want to. I, I don't want to sign anyone for four years. Um. Yeah. So like, if we could get Grabner for like two, two or three years, yeah, maybe. I, it wouldn't be terrible. Because, and that's the other thing. Like, none of these signings would be terrible in a vacuum, because for the first time in a long time, the Flyers have a whole lot of cap space. So it's not like signing anybody is going to put them up against it, but I don't want them to give anybody term. Just because we have so many kids, and a lot of them are going to need contracts coming up here soon, I don't want three or four years on the books with like a mediocre guy at the tail end of his career. Like I just don't see any reason for it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, like Tyler Bozak is the only guy that I actively want the Flyers to sign because I think you could get him for good value. Um, he was very good for the Leafs last year. Um, a lot of people don't like him because they remember him getting used as like a top-line center way too frequently, and he wasn't good enough for that role. But I think as a third-line center, he'd be very effective, and we could probably get him you know, for relatively cheap. Um, so that's really the only guy I actively want to sign. And if it's not going to be Bozak, I would rather, like I said, just give me a Scott Lawton as a third-line center. Scott Lawton, in my opinion, earned the third-line center role last year, and for some reason they insisted on not giving it to him. Um, but I think he'd be very good there. So I would be very, very happy um, if we just ended up with a Scott Lawton third line. I would not hate it at all. Okay, I'm going to move on. Brian Knight asks, will the Flyers have yet another quiet and lame offseason? Folks, here's the thing. A quiet offseason isn't automatically a lame offseason. Like, do you want to go back to the Paul Holmgren, like, go out and sign some shit just to make noise? Like, doing nothing is better than doing something bad. So if he's not going to do something good... I'm cool with him doing nothing. That's fine. Like I said, if he does nothing and promotes from within, the roster is better than it was last season. And you can't be mad about that. Like, you can't. Like, I mean, you can do whatever you want. If you choose to be pissed off about the team being better than it was last season, eh, live your life. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, there are other things to be pissed off. Like, we'll have so much to be pissed off about. If Ron Hextall improves the team... By promoting from within, we should be psyched about it, in my opinion. Okay. Let's see. 
Patrick asks, what needs to be done in free agency for you to feel like this team will be successful this season? And if it was up to you, what would Wayne Simmons' ideal contract look like? Mm. So the Wayne Simmons issue. <clears throat> I think we've talked enough about what my ideal offseason would look like. Um, hi, Jake. But for me, the ideal Wayne Simmons contract is not with the Flyers. Sorry. Um, I know that, like, I love, I love Wayne Simmons. Um, I love what he brings to this team. I love watching him play hockey. I would like for him to remain on this team for several more years. But the fact of the matter is, Wayne Simmons has earned himself a payday. He absolutely has, over the the time that he's played here with the Flyers, he has earned himself a giant contract. That said, I don't want him to get that giant contract here because I think that Wayne Simmons plays the type of game, a very physical game, a very rough game, parked in front of that net in his office. He gets beat to hell, and he's awesome at it. But I feel like that kind of game leads to leads to a player's abilities dropping off very precipitously when they get to the wrong side of 30. And it's been speculated a lot that Wayne's going to want, essentially, the TJ Oshie contract. I wouldn't mind paying him that average annual value. I do not want to sign him for eight years. And I think that Wayne is going to want the term because I think that Wayne Simmons probably also knows that given the kind of game he plays, his game is going to fall off of a cliff if he gets hurt again. Like, think back to last season. He was hurt for the whole season, and he was absolute garbage. And the thing is, like, the kind of game he plays, he's going to continue to get hurt. Like, he's, it's just a fact. And if we have that for eight years, with the way this team is headed, like, I just, I don't want it. If he was willing to sign here for, I'll even be generous and say five years at a reasonable value, that I might do because um, something that Bill's brought up before on radio is that, you know, the idea of of Wayne Simmons on the fourth line in that fourth or fifth year, you know, that's not, it's not, probably not going to actively hurt the team. Um, but I really think that he's going to want term. And, and he's earned it. Like, he should. Like, if he can get an eight-year contract for, you know, five and a half, six million, like, amazing. Please, please. You've earned the shit out of that money. Go and get it. Just don't get it here. Because in six years, all of us will hate Wayne Simmons, and that'll be a, a real bummer, in my opinion. 
sorry, I needed some coffee. Um, okay, so that's my Wayne Simmons take. I would have liked to trade him, but he got hurt. Um, and at this point, I don't think you can trade him. I think at this point is, well, I don't know. I feel like hockey people love Wayne Simmons, so you could probably still get some stuff for him. But, uh, yeah. So, just to, Jake is asking, should the Flyers look to trade Simmons before the UFA? Before, before he's a UFA? Is that what you're asking? I'm assuming, yeah. So they get something for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the problem is that, in my opinion, last season, like, at the deadline, so if he hadn't been hurt last season, um, if he had been healthy, I feel like trading him at the deadline would have brought us the best return for him. Um, because he would have been super helpful to a team on a playoff push. He would have still had a year left on the contract that would have provided some value. I think that would have been the ideal time to be able to trade him. But obviously, unfortunately, he was hurt all year, and that wasn't going to happen. Um, but if they decide not to sign him, then yeah, they, they have to trade him for something. Even if it's picks at that point. Like, you can't just let him walk. That's foolish. Okay, so the final question that we got from the folks on Twitter.com is two parts. I'll read them both. It's from Michael Kinky, who came to our draft party, and that was super cool. You guys should always come to our parties because they're fun. Anyway, Michael asks, what kind of barbecue sauce is the best? Tomato-based, vinegar-based, mustard-based? Also, will Nolan Patrick score 50 points this year? Is 25 goals, 25 assists realistic? I'm going to start with part one of that question. In my opinion, the best kind of barbecue sauce is a combination of tomato and vinegar-based. And it's definitely not that, like, sugary shit. It's got to be more tangy and, in my opinion, super spicy. So that's my barbecue answer. Moving on to the Nolan Patrick question. I absolutely think it's realistic to assume that Nolan Patrick's going to get to 50 points it may not be exactly 25 goals, 25 assists, but um, we've talked a bit about this on radio. I think that the Nolan Patrick that we're going to see this season is going to mirror the Nolan Patrick that we saw at the end of last season, not at the beginning. Um, because once he got fully healthy, he was like a man on fire, and it was super fun to watch, and there's no reason to expect that that's not going to continue once the season picks up in the fall. So I think 50 points for Nolan Patrick, definitely doable. Um, even more could be doable, really. But 50, I think, is a good baseline. I think I think Nolan Patrick is going to be maybe the most fun player that we get to watch this season. Probably him or, or Konechny, I think, are going to be the most fun players to watch. Um, I think that they're both... They both took big steps forward last season and uh they'll probably continue taking steps forward this season and that's gonna be fun to watch so that was all the questions that we got from twitter so i'm gonna see what we got here will carter hart get playing time with the flyers in the 18-19 season so i think that depends really um I think that 
So the way that we could guarantee that that happened is if the Flyers get rid of Michael Neuvert and roll with a Brian Elliott-Alex Lyon tandem to start the season. And then when one of them gets hurt, one would assume that Carter Hart would be the logical call-up. That would pretty much guarantee that we would see, you know, at least a few games as a backup out of Carter Hart this season. Um, If it was an injury that kept whichever goalie out for a while, uh, we might see him start a game. So that would be cool. But I think outside of that happening, he's probably not going to see a lot of time. I think that um, given Ron's... Yes, Jake, you can definitely ask questions here. Um, Given Ron's, you know, predilection for keeping rookies in the AHL for as long as humanly possible, um, and given that goalies especially, you really don't know what you have until they start playing. Um, Obviously, Carter Hart has been outstanding at every single level that he's played at, but he's not yet played at the AHL level. So I think we need to see what he what he has against the AHL level talent before we can make a super big determination about what he's going to be in the NHL. So I don't think there's any way that he would make the team out of camp. Um, but depending on what the Flyers goaltender situation looks like, he could see time as an injury call-up. But if the Flyers keep Brian Elliott and Michael Neuvert and then... Neuvert gets hurt because he's gonna. Um, Alex Lyon would obviously be the call-up, and then we would get an extended look at Carter Hart in the AHL, which would also, I think, be valuable for us knowing what we have out of him. But making it out of camp, uh, not a chance in my opinion. Okay, so Jake Crawford asks, can we ask a question here? Yes, sorry. Um, What is a reasonable expectation for a Coots G-line this season? I expect a step back in production, but they factored a lot of points last year, so hopefully not too much. You know, it's hard to say. Um, I don't expect that they'll take a huge step back because there's no reason to think that they would, apart from the fact that both of them had career years last season. But I think both of them had career years last season because they played so well together. Um, So if they continue to play together, there's no reason to think that they are not going to be good. I mean, over 100 points for G, that might, you know, that might be a stretch. But I don't think it's a stretch to expect that he'll get, you know, 80, 85. That'd be pretty good. Um, Yeah. So maybe like a a little step back just because keeping up the pace that they set last season would be very difficult. But I don't think it'll be a huge step back. I still think that's going to be an extremely, extremely good line. Um, Hopefully... Dave, you know, gives them a good winger, you know, more Travis Konechny, less Michael Roffel. But again, Dave, um, does Phil Myers make the team? So we talked about this a little bit last night with Charlie. Charlie says not a chance because he thinks that the Flyers are going to sign a veteran defenseman. But I'm hoping that much like the possibility that Morgan Frost makes it impossible for Ron to send him back during camp. Maybe Phil Myers makes it impossible for Ron to send him back. Um, Charlie mentioned that at development camp, Phil Myers 
this year is the guy who is head and shoulders above, as far as talent level goes, all of the other people at camp. Like, you look at him playing, and it's like, oh, yeah. Like, he's really, really a lot better than all of these other kids. Um, sort of like uh, watching Travis Sanheim in the AHL, because he doesn't belong there. So when he's playing down there, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Apparently, I haven't been to development camp, but apparently that's Phil Myers this year um, playing against these kids. It's just a joke because he's way too good. Um, I am super high on Phil Myers. I have been since they got him. Um, And I think he's going to be a very, very good, you know, at minimum four defenseman. Four or five. I think that's a reasonable expectation for him at this point. And I would really love if Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim were on this team to start the season next next year. I don't think I'm going to get it um, because apparently that's not a thing that can happen here for reasons. But that's, that's what I would like to see happen. I think, but I do think, however, that... We'll see Phil Myers on the team at some point this season as an injury call-up, you know. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but somebody always gets hurt, and uh, when they do, Phil's probably going to get some time, and so it'll be fun to see what he brings. Okay, let's see. Thoughts on Anthony Duclair. He's young and has talent. Low risk, high reward. So a guy like Anthony Duclair, I would absolutely not sign more for one than one year. Um, and it would absolutely not be for a lot of money because I feel like Anthony Duclair has to prove himself. And because he has to prove himself, he doesn't get term or money. So like if he would sign for one year, like two mil, and then, you know, do his best to earn a bigger contract at the end of that year. I'd be all right with that, but I absolutely would not sign him for more than one year for any amount of money. Um, just because he, I feel like he's still trading on the potential that he had when he came into the league as a rookie, and he has not for one single second lived up to that potential. So that's super worrying. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, if you... If you're bored and you're like, you know what would be fun? Let's sign Anthony Duclair to a one-year league minimum contract that he would actually sign. I I mean, cool. We'll see what happens. But no more than that. Let's see. If Moran doesn't make day one roster, he isn't waiver-exempt anymore. Does that possibly force the Flyers to trade him? So I think what's going to happen with Sam Moran is they are going to park him in the AHL for as long as they can on a conditioning assignment because he's hurt. Um, Then he will be on the Flyers roster because, like you're saying, he has to be. Um, And will likely be the Flyers 7, maybe. Um, But I don't really know because we... Like, we can play... The Flyers tried to give him a chance last season to make the roster. They tried to call him up when Andrew McDonald got hurt, but then we found out that Sam Moran was also hurt and he couldn't play. Um, So 
the Flyers obviously wanted to give him a look in the NHL. So, you know, once he's off the conditioning assignment, he's, I'm assuming he'll get some time, and then we'll see what happens. And if he doesn't play well, then he'll be the seven. Um, But the problem is, like, if he gets time and he's garbage, which, I mean, honestly, I don't like Sam Moran. Everyone knows that. Um, I wish we had traded him, like, four years ago, but that ship has sailed. Um, I don't think he'll be bad. I just don't think he's going to be as good as everybody wants him to be. And if he's not, I mean, if if he ends up being a 5-6 for us, I mean, that's fine. He's a big boy. He's got the reach. He's was good on the penalty kill with the Phantoms. So, I mean, he won't be an utter waste of space, but... The thing, I, I just don't, he's not going to have a ton of trade value, is what I'm trying to get to. Um, if he doesn't seem to be working here, he's not, we're not, if he doesn't seem to be working here, and every other team in the league knows he's not waiver exempt, so our hands are tied as far as either sending him down for nothing, somebody would probably take him, um, or just keeping him in the press box. Like, there's just not... We don't have a lot of leverage in a trade, and he's not going to bring... What I don't know. They, In my opinion, they fucked up this Moran thing massively because now at this point their hands are tied. They don't have any options. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'm not super optimistic about Sam Moran, which I know if Stephanie Driver was here, she would yell at me. But... Okay. Someone else has asked about what kind of sophomore season we think Nolan Patrick is going to have. I would think 50 to 55 points centering Jake and Lindblom full-time on the second line would be reasonable. I also think that's reasonable. I would also very much enjoy that line. I hope that's a thing that happens. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think 50 points as a baseline is, is super reasonable, given what, we saw from him, given what we saw from him at the end of last season. Um, he's going to be excellent now that he's fully healed from the nagging injuries that he never got fully healed from in juniors. We fixed him up. Now he's better. Let's see. Any chance we have a summer BSH meetup before the season starts? I mean, probably. I'm sure we can find a reason. Let's see. The fourth period saying the Flyers have a huge trade deal on plan B after Tavares' decision. Did they say what the trade is? I mean, maybe. I don't know what. For? Who? What? There's not a lot of detail there, Christopher McCarthy, but whatever. That's cool. Um, will Provorov re-sign before the season starts? Will it be for eight years? I don't know. Um, I don't think he'll re-sign before the season starts. I would imagine that he's going to get signed sometime during the season. Um, I certainly hope it's for eight years. It would be great to lock him up, um, you know, on a cheap contract for as long as humanly possible because he's outstanding. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, if you haven't read it, and I, I mean, not to be all pluggy and stuff, but if you haven't read it, Kurt wrote a very excellent piece about what we should expect Ivan Provorov's contract to be. Um, because a lot of people are comparing uh, UFA contracts like John Carlson to what we should expect 
Ivan Provorov to get, and that's not how it works. Um, so it would be great if we locked him up for eight years. But, I mean, I'm sure his camp is not going to want to lock be locked up for eight years because they know that he'll get paid as a UFA, but we'll see. Let's see. What happens if Moran comes back in February if they sign a veteran defenseman? I don't really know. Like I said, I think that they're going to park him on a conditioning assignment as long as humanly possible. And when he comes back up, he'll get a look. And if he does not impress, he will be in the press box as the seventh defenseman. Because those are the only options. Because if they put him on waivers, he will get taken. And then we lose him for nothing, which is why I adamantly feel that they have mismanaged this Sam Moran thing from start to finish. But anyway, I don't know. I, I just, I, I really hope they don't sign a veteran defenseman because I feel like that's going to cause a whole lot of problems down the line with, with not only Moran, Sanheim, and Myers. I just don't want to see super talented young defensemen blocked by Brandon Manning-style garbage for any longer. That's just me. Let's see. So, Christopher McCarthy has given us some more details about this trade rumor. The commentary was speculative, so I didn't name players because of the conjecture of conversation. Hosts believe it's Wayne Simmons, Travis Sanheim. All right, so we talked a little bit about this in our Broad Street Hockey Slack chat. It was basically kind of us dreaming about the idea of William Nylander being traded to the Flyers. And what would we give up for William Nylander? And pretty much everybody was like, I would give up Travis Sanheim for William Nylander instantly. Which is a fair, which is fair. Okay, cool. I had like a, a tiny bit of hesitation just because I feel like we've seen flashes from Sanheim that indicate that he could be, it's a very strong could and not a definitely, but he, I, we've seen flashes from him that tell me that he could be like an Eric Carlson style offensively dynamic, very effective defenseman. As good as William Carlson, or Eric Carlson? No, of course not. Like, not that good. But that style, and also very good. So for me, even though obviously William Nylander, getting that would be friggin' amazing, I have just like a slight hesitation because I feel like if we trade Travis Sanheim for anything, we're going to see him in five years and have a whole lot of regret. Um, and that worries me a lot. That said, Stephanie brought up a really good point when we were having this discussion that there's a strong possibility that Travis Sanheim never gets a proper chance to be that player here. Um, because 
I don't know if Dave Haxtell doesn't like him. I don't know if he doesn't like his game. Um, but we saw last season, I think all of us would agree that Travis Sanheim did not get the look that he should have gotten last season. I think all of us would agree that the team would have been better in the playoffs with Travis Sanheim on the Flyers' playoff roster rather than the Phantoms' playoff roster. And she's right. Like, there is a chance that Travis Sanheim doesn't ever get a proper chance here. And, God, that is like, oh, boy. That really freaks me out, man. Like, I I don't know. Would you trade Travis Sanheim for William Nylander? It would probably take more than Travis Sanheim anyway. But, uh, yeah, that was, for the most part, the consensus. That they would trade Travis Sanheim because... I mean, the rumor is that that if Toronto trades Nylander, it's going to be for a defenseman. So the line for Broad Street Hockey, and also Charles, seemed to be that they would trade Sanheim, they would not trade Ghost. But I still have pause. I have pause about trading Travis Sanheim. That said, I would really like to have William Nylander, so, you know. Once again, I want Ron to get all of the good players whilst only trading bad players. I don't think that's a lot to ask, but no one ever seems to think it can happen. Okay, moving on. I just rambled a lot. I don't even know if that made any sense, but anyway. Let's see, let's see. Last summer, Broad Street Hockey evaluated Giroud trade value was very low as he was coming off a season with injuries and low points. After this season, what would you rate his trade value? I would rate his trade value as not ever going to trade him. <laughs> because, no, no. Claude Giroux has to retire a flyer. Like, there's no other outcome that is acceptable to me in any way. Unless uh, we never win a cup and he, you know, does like a team in and, and goes and wins a cup. That, I'd be all right with that. But otherwise, he's got to retire a flyer. So they better win him a cup is all I've got to say. Let's see. Let's see. For the love of God, can we put both Provorov and Ghost on the top power play unit? Well, that'd be nice. Although it would be also nice if we had an effective second power play unit. Maybe. I feel like that's going to be better this season. Right? It has to. I, I, yeah, it has to be. It probably will be. The penalty kill won't be for, you know, obvious reasons, but the power play will probably be better. <clears throat> Katie Bogan also wouldn't trade Sandheim. Thank you, Katie, for confirming that I am not all the way crazy. Let's see. Oh, that's interesting. Katie says she would trade Ghost, not Sandheim. And you know what? That thought actually went through my head. And the reason that I allowed myself to think it is, so don't get me wrong, Shane Goss's bear is amazing. But I, my brain immediately went to the fact that he lost his shit in the playoffs last season. He was not good and it wasn't because he was hurt um and I thought about it and I'm like mm, I don't know maybe 
if making a trade for one C would not be anyone but would not be for anyone but Matthews, buddy, Ron. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I. I, too, would not ever trade for anyone on the Leafs except for Austin Matthews. That's a super realistic position to take. That's like, see, you guys, like, that's the kind of thing that Flyers fans do that makes us all look like idiots. Like, to say that the only center that you would trade for on the Leafs is Austin Matthews, who's never, ever going to get traded, and if he did, it would be for, like, every player. Like, no. No. That's that's silly. Okay, let's see. Lynn Blom could get the Sandheim treatment if he doesn't start. Yeah, you know, that's true. Um, I think we all wanted to see Lynn Blom score more than he did. Um, in the playoffs, especially, he was not good. Um, so, yeah, if he, if he doesn't play well and the Flyers sign a winger... Yeah, he could see himself in the the press box for a bit, which, you know, if we've signed a scoring winger and Lindblom ends up, you know, getting the the old Dave Haxtall go sit in the press box and learn some stuff treatment for a little while, wouldn't be the worst thing. But it also would be super cool if, if Lindblom ends up, you know, being a really good scoring winger for Nolan Patrick because they seem to like playing together. So that would be cool. Well, let's see. Did I miss any questions? A great coach was available and we didn't trip him up before he went to Nassau. I mean, the Flyers weren't going to fire Dave Haxtall just because a good coach became available. Like, that was never going to happen. Like, Dave Haxel is not going to get fired, you guys. We all have to, like, settle into that reality and accept it. I don't think anything is going to get Dave Haxel fired. So, you know, Barry Trotz becoming available wasn't going to make Dave Haxel get fired. If he hadn't been fired before, like, that's it. Let's see. Trying just trying to go through here and see if I missed any good questions. Um, oh, Katie Bogan also asks, we talk a lot about what Provorov's contract will look like, but what about Travis Konechny? Um, yeah, I don't know. Travis Konechny, I think, has not earned the paycheck that Ivan Provorov has, which is fine. Um, you know, it would be super cool to get him on the Couturier contract. That'd be cool. We're getting great value out of that one, obviously. Um, yeah, so, you know, six years, I guess maybe five and a half. That'd be fun. Let's see. Steph Driver says, Shane Gossespierre is a proven player and was our best defenseman last year. You can't possibly grade his entire season on six games. I mean, I'm not, I'm not grading his entire season on six games. I'm just saying that when I was thinking about, you know, tra- who I would trade for William Nylander, it just popped into my head. I don't want to trade Shane Gossespierre, but 
And the thought crossed my mind because of the way he melted down in the playoffs. Obviously, we're lucky enough to have essentially two number one defensemen in Shane Gossespierre and Ivan Provorov, so it'd be super cool to keep both of them forever. Let's see. Ron Kennedy asks, when do we become a real cup contender? Um, two years from two years from now, I think is what I'm supposed to say. But I honestly, I think I, I think I did this on Twitter one time. I'm saying two years. Like, legitimately. Not this season, but the following season. The Flyers are legitimate cup threats. In my opinion. Matt Joseph said, I'm going to hate it, but standing pat may not be a terrible option. It's not at all a terrible option. Like, you guys, like, I need everyone to consider how bad Valtteri Filppula is as your third line center. If you simply get out... All right, cat. Hello. If you simply get out of that hole, right? If you simply trade in Val Filppula for a just fine third-line center, like Scott Lawton, you have improved the team a lot because you no longer have a third-line center that is actively hurting your team. That's a big deal. So what I want for all of you is to be okay with Ron Hextall doing nothing and the team getting better because that is absolutely a reality that can exist. Ron Hextall doing nothing and the team getting better. Like those, like that's, that's a thing. If he does nothing and promotes from within, the team is better. And that's super fun and good, right? Like we should be happy about that. But there is like a large contingency of Flyers fans that are going to be super pissed off if Ron Hextall does nothing. But if he does nothing... And again, I'm making very clear that the doing nothing includes not re-signing Val Filppula. If he does nothing, the team will be better. And then you should be happy because the team is better. Like, that's just, I just want, I want everybody to calm down a little bit is what I'm saying. Um, Can you promise me, though, that even standing pat, the team will call up? the youngsters, and allow them to play. Well, if he does nothing, he's going to have to call up somebody to play. Like, somebody's going to have to fill those spots. So, yeah. Where does Matt Reed end up? I don't know. Probably in the AHL. I mean, not for us, obviously, but I hope he gets a job somewhere. He's a, I think he's still an effective fourth-line player and and obviously a very, very good AHL player. So I hope he gets a contract from somebody. Because I think he's, I think he's the kind of veteran veteran presence that's actually good. Um, because on the fourth line, he's still an effective player, and he actually does bring a lot of leadership that can, you know, be helpful in a room or whatever. But, um, you know, that would be fine with me. I hope he gets a job someplace. Seems like a nice man. Okay, I think we have run through all the questions. Um, I would like to apologize again about the technical difficulties that we had to start this thing. Um, I I honestly don't know what happened because it all looked fine to me, but then nobody could see me and then Facebook just ended the feed. So I don't know what happened, but I'm sorry for that. 
I really thank all of you for joining us for our Saturday morning scrambles. They're a lot of fun. It's super fun to interact with you guys and answer some questions. And hopefully tomorrow will be super exciting and fun. Um, I don't know. Where do you think John Tavares is going to end up? I think John Tavares is going to be a Leafs. I want him to be a Leafs for one year in which they go absolutely crazy and win all of the games. Like this is this is what I'm rooting for. I want John Tavares to be a Leafs. Real quick before we go, where do you want John Tavares to go? Tell me real quick. Sharks. That'd be fun. Although I wonder if he goes to the Sharks if Joe Thornton doesn't get signed. That would make me sad. Kings. Jake. No. Ew. <clears throat> Matt Joseph says Sharks. Jake Crawford says Kings, to which I say ew. I'm saying Leafs. The reality is that we'll probably hear in like, uh, you know, an hour and a half that he's signing for eight years with the stupid Islanders because hockey players are boring and dumb. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining us. I hope you had a lot of fun and we will be back next Saturday with somebody else's face here and, uh, yeah, we'll do this all over again. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>